0: All right, time for our Monday expert feature. Uh, And today we're talking spring cleaning with just days away from escaping the winter. It's perfect season to tackle some of those big jobs, maybe have a cluttered pantry in desperate need of a refresh or... Maybe you're looking at tackling the garage. Here to give us some tips is Auckland decluttering and organising coach Liz Bradley, aka the Tidy Lady. Hi, Liz.
1: Hello, Jesse.
0: Nice to see you. Come nice in a little closer to close that microphone if you can, and uh, tell us how you got interested in decluttering and organising.
1: Well, I've ever since I was a little girl, I've been a very organised person, and I've been through decluttering and downsizing myself, and it's hard. So I empathise with people who are going through the same thing. <laughs> been there. And actually, it's the emotional support that I offer people when they're going through that decluttering, whether it's big or small, and downsizing that um, my clients really appreciate. Uh Mm. Um,
0: You were a librarian for a while. Did that help?
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. My goodness, talk about being organized. It's just ingrained in me now. Mm.
0: (laughs) Was there a breakthrough moment for you personally personally? You had a big move, I think. I
1: did. Yes, I moved from a very large house to a very small apartment. And I had to go through multiple waves of letting go. And I learned an enormous amount from that process just for my own my own well-being, my mm. future self, knowing what would be the best for me. And my goodness, I learned a lot, which I can share with my clients. It was practical and emotional.
0: Yeah. Did Do people tend to have many regrets after downsizing? I guess not if you do it right.
1: That's right. Absolutely. There are sometimes still little regrets, but it's all about your choices that you make. So that's one of the things that I really emphasize so strongly is that when I work with clients, I don't make them do anything. I guide them. And it's all about gentleness and kindness and moving them towards what they want. They're the ones who make the important decisions, and I just make it easier for them.
0: And can you characterise your sort of typical client? Who do you tend to work with?
1: Gosh, quite a mixture, actually. I'm sorry, I can't really Mm. (laughs) narrow it right down. A lot of women. Yeah. um, Of course, a lot of older women are moving into smaller houses. Younger women who just need support and. Um, some uh, you know practical and emotional support, but also ideas that they haven't thought of. Mm-hmm. They're overwhelmed. They have a new perspective—that's one of the things that I'm I'm pretty darn good at—is seeing things in a different way, clarifying things. I can pretty much organise a room in my brain just with one sweep, you know. Mm. But then you have to do the work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: You've got some golden rules of decluttering, and rule one is the door. What does that refer to?
1: Oh yes, I just just like to interject here and say that rules are not really rules they're just guidelines (laughs) (laughs) but rules is useful guidelines it's a useful guideline, and also golden rules is a really nifty little phrase to say so the door the door is all about what you let inside your home and that's someone handing you something free in the street, you go to a conference, you get all that guff, you get something from the kids, the neighbors bring something around and say, oh, that person will love all these things that I'm trying mm-hmm. to declutter. Your mum gives you all the things that you had from your child and you think, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with these? So you shove them in a cupboard. What you let through your door, you have to deal with at some point in the future. So if you can stop things that are unnecessary in your life from coming through your door, you've already started winning a clutter battle.
0: I love that. And you know who will love that even more than me is my wife. <laughs> that sums up her philosophy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's a good moment to stop it rather than having sure to uh, double-hand it later. Okay, golden rule two, a place for everything.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's a really interesting one. I like to call them smart spots, and that is different for every single person. So you've had a place where you put your keys. Great perfect that's the place you put your keys yeah. and everybody in the house knows where those keys go then you put them back in that same place every single time mm-hmm. it's a little self-discipline there as well making sure that you do put it back even when you're in a mad rush you've got a place that makes sense to everyone yeah and sometimes that can apply to like maybe you've got kids you want them to hang their bags up instead of dumping them on the floor so you have to have a hook that's big enough, strong enough, maybe with their name on it at the right height, and it's easy for them to get to and plonk it on there. Almost as easy as dropping it on the floor. That is a smart spot.
0: We're getting some questions from our listeners through, so I'll sort of sprinkle those into our chat and um – One person says, can I please have some advice how to sort the shoe boxes and old school cases full of photos? I've culled all the nameless hills and mountain scenes and unknown babies, but what about people I feel bad about tossing them? The photos, I mean.
1: Mm, Photos are really tough. They are one of the most emotional (laughs) things. It's almost like we believe that the spirit of the person is in the photo. We give them so much emotional Mm. importance. Um, Certainly, if you can name the people in the photos, you're halfway there. So many photos get passed along. And I've seen them so many times. No one knows who they are. (laughs) You don't write the name on the back. No one knows. It's such a shame. So part of the, the emotional letting go of an object is to see it as just that. And there are some clever little games that I have up my sleeve Mm -hmm. that you can play to help you make decisions around um, choosing which ones to let go and which ones to keep. And it's all about how you feel about them, Mm -hmm. your strength of feeling. It's like this person has already identified that landscape's not a huge amount of feeling in there, but then you've got people... But then within those people, you'll have people who you have much more intense feelings about and then others that you don't have quite so much intense feelings about, but you like to remember them. Mm. And then perhaps you might want to choose one that is um, the best possible representation Of that photo so that you have one that you know you will treasure I like to tell some people imagine you have a shoebox and that shoebox goes around with you wherever you go for the rest of your life and that shoebox has everything in it that means the most to you and that's the only box you can take Mm. how important are those photographs really if everything you ever loved has to be in that one little shoebox can you choose one photo on one example of each kind and keep it in that precious little box that's a really good way of making a really robust decision about what to keep and what to let go
0: are you keen on photo albums
1: absolutely if the customer if the client's keen on photo albums yeah yeah why not
0: And what about digitization? Do you ever encourage someone to put them all on the computer instead? Oh, yes. Digitizing
1: is great, but you can use that for all sorts of things. I had a friend um, who had a giant teddy bear, so I suggested that. She couldn't keep it, of course. She was moving into a tiny, tiny apartment. So I suggested that she take a photograph, blow it up, and frame it so she can always see her beautiful giant teddy bear. Mm -hmm. It works for all sorts of things. And, of course, with photographs, you can make those marvelous books that you can send away for, and they send a book to you with all your photographs in them.
0: I'm talking to Liz the Tidy Lady. She is our Monday expert on spring cleaning, decluttering. Um, we talked about some of those golden rules, a place for everything, and, and you sort of touched on this as well, put it back where it belongs. I'll sort of link those two. Um, golden rule four, use your things.
1: Hmm. A lot of things are shoved in cupboards because we might use them one day. And there are also beautiful things that we don't use because they are our best. We buy maybe some top-quality sheets that have been on special, but we continue to use the old sheets and we don't use the beautiful new sheets. It seems such a shame. It's like unread books that get mildewy and dusty. They're not used, they're not loved. The beautiful china's never used. You know, it's like it's a, a waste I think, of an an object's energy and its its creation and your money for buying the thing. You never use it. So why not use them?
0: On behalf of some of our listeners, I will say some people, I think, get joy from having their books around, even if they're not reading them regularly.
1: Absolutely. But if they're covered in dust and mildew, poor books. At least you have to look after them, (laughs) you know? You look after them and you love them and you keep the books that you enjoy. And if you love to be surrounded by books, that's your
0: choice. Um, two one o one. If you've got a uh, question for Liz, the tidy lady, uh, number five, give your spaces a single purpose.
1: Hmm, it's not always possible, but it really helps to have a focus for an area to stop them from becoming quite so cluttered. You can actually narrow it right down to even say the junk drawer. So a junk drawer often has no compartments and people biff things in there mm. and then become immensely stressed. <laughs> it seems like such a vastly overwhelming task to sort it out. So you just shove it close if you can. Yeah. Sometimes you can't even close yeah, it. Yeah. But you'd be surprised if you take everything out and you divide it up and you put little containers in there. feels so much better mm. if you know that that section is just for batteries and that section mm-hmm. is just for rubber bands and it's the same with say your um, your kitchen you have a bench top and you want to make it more of a little say coffee hub rather than having the mail there the coffee machine there a plant the cat's biscuits the dog's collar so if you define a zone and you know that only things that go there are the ones that go there and again it's a little bit of that habit and self-discipline it makes you feel so much better about each individual space and you can work one space at a time
0: do you think there are some people for whom that is true some people who will feel better when this is when that junk drawer is sorted out and some people who just don't care or do you think everyone benefits from a bit of the um, the calmness that an orderly space gives you
1: well, you're quite right. Some people don't care.
0: Probably the people who hang out with you are the caring types.
1: <laughs> well, the people who ask
0: for me are yeah. the ones who are the caring <laughs> types.
1: They haven't quite got there. They don't quite know how to get there. Yeah. And that's what I do is I help them get there.
0: Um, single person, uh, sorry, single purpose, you mentioned the drawer, but also a kitchen table. Um, the bedroom's an interesting one.
1: Yes. Well, we do have exercise gear and things like that, computers. Sometimes people use it to store paperwork and all sorts of random spaces. Often mums do that because their room becomes almost like their hub, but it becomes such a, an overwhelming space and it's not really used for the purpose that it was intended. And certainly I like to remind parents that this their bedroom is such a a precious space for them, if they if they choose to make it so, a, a peaceful retreat, if they can make it so. Um, sometimes it's not possible, but even within a bedroom, you can define areas where you have your desk, perhaps, and you keep it. Organise in a way from your sleeping area Mm -hmm. or your wardrobe area. Try and keep things like boxes of tools out of your wardrobe and maybe somewhere more appropriate. You know, we do the best we can, you know, when we're in a rush, we're busy and we're overwhelmed. Um, And sometimes just focusing on making a space, a single space better can make you feel so much better.
0: The final golden rule is make it easy.
1: Yes. Okay. I love this one. This is so cool. Kids tend to not really care awfully about being organized unless they're a particularly organized nature. Other people who live in the house with you may also not care terribly about some of the things that you care about. So for example, most kids, this is very general, not obviously the case. Well. Drop their bags on the ground, kick off their shoes and go tearing off to do little kid important stuff. You know, they're not terribly worried about opening up cute little cupboard doors and putting their shoes inside Mm. and then closing the cute little cupboard doors. Mm -hmm. So if you can make a shoe mat that they can kick their shoes off onto and at least it keeps them corralled, much easier. Mm. Like having a hook that's the right height, much easier. Mm. Even for yourself, if it's difficult for you to say open your flour jar, you're less likely to want to bake. If it's your hands sticky and it's slippery and you've got to hold it with both hands and screw off the top, whereas all you really need is a simple little top that you can lift off, scoop out much easier and it makes your life easier, makes your life flow easier. It's about thinking about the things that cause you a little bit of stress in your life. Um, Actually, I just wrote a blog about that. It's my Mm -hmm. latest blog. It's about the little low-level stressors that you can fix in your home that just take away those... Those that little bit extra well overwhelm that we just don't need in this day. We're so busy.
0: Uh, jo has been in touch. She says, my daughter has a baby blanket she won't part with, even though she's now in her 20s. Any idea how to keep this as a cherished memory rather than as a tatty relic of the past? That's an interesting one.
1: Absolutely. Gosh, there are so many things you could do with that. <laughs> you could... Frame it. You could make a cushion out of it. <laughs> you could make a teddy bear out of it. There are people out there who do that. They will. They'll make things for you out of your treasured um, fabrics. Um, you know, baby quilts. You could back it and make it into um, a table runner. All sorts of things depends on the condition that it's in, I guess, um, and how much of the good condition fabric is left. But there, oh, you can take a photograph of it if you want. But I'm sure it's probably the the tactile part of it that the daughter likes. Yeah. The sentiment attached to it.
0: And in a way, that's kind of easier because you know someone does love it, right? It's the that's stuff right. that's in the middle, in the grey area, or that you're not really sure if you do want or not. That's much easier to deal with
1: absolutely and that's really where I, I shine is the really sticky emotional ones <laughs> mm. I really love that
0: part where should you start once you've decided to um, attack the house where's a good place to begin should we think about it as in which room is the best or um, which action is the best what's your advice
1: generally I when I work with a client unless if they don't have an idea of what they want to do. I will ask them first of all what annoys you the most. Mm. What is the most aggravating, the most time sucky, the most depressing, the most overwhelming space? And within that space there will always be a certain type of object that you can start to work on. That though is the trick. The trick is once when when it is your stuff it is very difficult to see the wood for the trees and it becomes such a huge spider web of actions like you pick up one thing and you need to put it somewhere else but that's already got something in it that's taking up that space Mm -hmm. and so you have to find a place for that and on it goes and on it goes where the the kind of brain that I have my the way I Operate when I see a very cluttered space or an overwhelmingly full home is I will see things in a different way depending on how it is, um, what it consists of. So it's very much a matter of narrowing things down to a very specific type of object or a very small space and working from there.
0: You have a decluttering checklist on your website. How, how does a list help?
1: Oh, well, if someone wants to work independently, mm-hmm. and I, that's usually what I do is I teach my clients how to progress. We do it and they learn as we do it. But if they don't want to, that decluttering checklist, <laughs> it's a really good way of um, just analyzing an object. So you've got something in your hand and you're going, ugh, what do I do with this? And it could be, an easy one but you just can't decide and the checklist runs from the practical to the emotional Mm -hmm. so it makes it a decision tree of sorts a decision making process just to help you make that final movement to actually get it out of your house
0: um, please ask how to dispose of old photos. The rubbish bin seems harsh. I
1: know, I know. It's that emotional connection again. It absolutely is very difficult to dispose. Unfortunately, in New Zealand, we don't have a very good um, recycling system around film and um, negatives and photographs. In Australia, I believe they do. They've started Mm. something like that. I think it might be Kodak. I'm not sure. But in New Zealand, unfortunately, that is the only way we have. Mm. I have had people go through an almost cathartic method of, and I know it sounds sounds quite dramatic, but it can be cathartic is to burn them. (laughs) It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that interesting? It's that some people find that just absolutely horrifying, but some people find that almost like a ritualistic releasing of the emotion and the the memories in those photographs, once they've obviously decided which ones they want to keep.
0: Yeah, gosh.
1: But, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I absolutely understand that. Is such a, it's a difficult thing to do. It really is.
0: Uh, okay, let's talk the pantry. It's a big cupboard space. Um, what is your best method for sorting it out?
1: Oh, okay. Get it all out.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, I usually work from
1: the top down, one shelf at a time, Um, unless it is completely disorganized. And you've got baked beans at the top, baked beans at the bottom, and you've got peanut butter all over the show. One shelf at a time makes it less horrendous, less mm. scary, less overwhelming, but um, you can you can do it in, in um, all in one go if you've got the time, the space, the assistance, generally, you get rid of anything that's expired, and then you work your way down thinking about, again, smart spots where it works for absolutely everything. What do you use a lot? What do you use rarely? Um, who do you want to keep out of your pantry and where should you put things to make sure that that happens because often if you mix snacks up with the useful things that mum needs then things can get a bit higgledy-piggledy but if you have a special snack zone that can keep people out of your tidy pantry but um, it's just a process of elimination working through slowly grouping things together like with likes you put all your nut spices together or all your spreads together in the most logical spot for them that kind of thing.
0: Uh, fridge the same deal or special rules for the fridge?
1: Oh, pretty much. Uh, other than hygiene, of course, there are basic hygiene you can Google about, you know, keeping raw things on the bottom shelf and what goes in the coldest area, that sort of thing. But um, the, both the pantry and the fridge could really do with at least a yearly go over, you know. Mm. It's, a, it's a bit of a mish, but if you keep at it, it's not so bad and you get into a good habit of keeping them tidy and clean and, you know, wiping down the sticky stuff. That really, it, helps. it makes you feel good. You open it up when you're done and, oh, it's fantastic. It makes you want to keep it that way.
0: How many pots does one family need?
1: Depends on the size of the family, <laughs> how much they cook, whether they like to cook. I mean, if you are a mad crepe maker, you need a crepe pan, you know. There's, but if you don't, then maybe you don't.
0: Mm-hmm. How to deal with kids' toys. They're such odd shapes. This is probably, you know, if you're going to ask the... Um, the thing that annoys someone the most, I reckon in our family, my wife would be most annoyed by the toy cupboard. Uh, regularly spends her time in there trying to sort it out, and it's only a, a day or two before it's messy again. But um, any tips for toys?
1: Mm. Tips for toys. Well, number one, being the grown-ups, you need to moderate what's coming into your house. And you need to communicate with people who bring gifts. This The pleasure of gift-giving huh. is in the giving. And if that can be moderated and uh, less volume perhaps entering your home, that can help a lot. Mm. Passing on toys on a regular basis is a really great habit to get into as soon as you can with your little ones so that they understand the the um, concept of donation and kindness and giving and gifting. And unfortunately, often parents will have to be the ones to continually keep the space tidy because kids are playing, but they can be taught. Part of the game is to put away the game. But you have to start young before they start eye-rolling at you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Do you do wardrobes?
1: Oh, yes. Wardrobes are great.
0: Yeah. How do you suggest we – because a lot of people have wardrobes which are chock with stuff that they don't wear.
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, it's the old maxim that we only wear something like 10% of our clothes. Mm -hmm. And I went through that when I moved from my big house. I had a spare wardrobe and my own lovely big wardrobe. Absolutely chock-a-block with clothes. took me a few goes to get it right the way down to just about one metre. And so I absolutely get it. It's it's a tough one. And some of my clients, they do prioritise extra space so that they can still have the amount of clothes Mm -hmm. that they've got. But... They have to be organized and cared for, not crammed in so when you pull one out, everything else comes out Mm. with it, covered in dust, and you just don't know what you've got because it's all higgledy piggledy. But certainly going through every now and again and just letting go, releasing clothes that you really, really do not like, do not wear, they're uncomfortable, they make you feel fat, they can go. It's a good idea to have a bag or a box in your wardrobe or in your room, hung on a doorknob or a hook, where you can pop things into straight away when you make that decision. And then at some point, that can go into your car and then from the car to the op shop. But must say, always call your op shops if you are donating clothes because sometimes they're completely overwhelmed mm. and they may not want to take them.
0: Um, what do you do when he wants to keep it but she doesn't ask one texture? Is this a problem that you run into often?
1: Oh, a lot, and vice versa. Um, We often think that what the other person thinks is important is absolutely daft. Men think that of women's things and women think that of men's things. Mm. It's really important Mm -hmm. to honour each other's sentiments and emotions and memories and just the things that are important to the other person. There's always obviously things that become extreme, but honouring the presence of the other person and their belongings within your home is very important, and it goes both ways. It is mutual. I do spend quite a bit of my time negotiating between (laughs) couples, (laughs) a bit of a therapist.
0: Yeah, uh, here's an opposite problem. Donna says she has no family or relatives alive. She's on her own, and all I have are items from my childhood. It's very hard to dispose of my life, she says.
1: Mm, I guess it really depends on why you want to dispose of your life or not want to or have to dispose of, of the items that mean so much to you if you're moving to a say a retirement village or a very small space it is a tough tough process to mm. go through and there's a lot of emotion and it's really important to honor those emotions and those sentiments and those memories and and that's that's what I, I really love to do is help to find ways so that you get to keep the most meaningful objects and also a way of remembering the other things.
0: I'm talking to Liz the Tidy Lady. Her website's thetidylady.co.nz. Sorry, that's thetidylady.co.nz if you're interested in checking it out. And um, you see sometimes on social media uh, people with pantries and all their ingredients lined up perfectly in matching containers. Are you keen on that sort of thing?
1: It can help to a degree. I mean, I'm, I'm... Whatever works for the individual. Some people love it. Some people love decanting into beautiful, delicate glass jars with exquisite labeling on them. And they're happy to maintain that. Other people are much more, how can I just keep the bugs out of this and Mm -hmm. whack it into a a systema or a click-clack? Generally, I will help to facilitate whatever my client wants. But I do advise that they look carefully at how they use what they have in their pantry, who else is using whatever else is in their pantry. If they're going for a Pinterest perfect mm-hmm. pantry, then how are they going to maintain that? Do they have the time? Can they fit enough into their pantry as well? Round glass jars don't fit in as well as nice square stackable airtight containers. So there are a number of aspects that we need to think about um, when it comes to really getting that the look that they want.
0: How many towels do you need?
1: Depends on the family. Depends on your washing cycles as well. Really important that mum doesn't have to wash every day if she can avoid it, and if she wants to, in which case that's just great. Knock yourself out. <laughs> uh, the trouble is when you have so many towels that you have to wedge your towels that you actually use into the towel cupboard because it's just completely crammed. So there's there's a limit.
0: Can you ever have a tidy linen cupboard?
1: Absolutely. He just takes the work.
0: Thanks for coming in. Nice to see you.
1: You're very welcome.
0: Liz, the Tidy Lady, who's been giving us tips on decluttering and organizing. Liz Bradley, thetidylady.co.nz.